0: Talk about the robes. Your mistaken death is a, a, your idea of death
1: is a mistaken thinking. Yeah. I thought that was really key. Yeah. They said that we had, they said, you have a saying that death and taxes are the only thing that you cannot escape from. And what we're telling you is that death is a mistaken thinking and you've imposed the taxes on yourself. (laughs) What is your problem? (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm never going to say that ever again, Penny. Yeah. <laughs> Death and taxes. Yeah. Throw that one out the window. <laughs> right. And they said the only thing that is inescapable is the evolution of consciousness. Oh, the
0: only thing that is inescapable is the evolution of consciousness, period.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. At the time I thought, well, Okay. So let's do it. But I had no clue how to do it back then. And, but I never... You got to accentuate the positive. Whoa! I feel good. A little bit of feel goes a long way. You're
0: listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life.
1: Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else?
0: Hi, Karen here. Thanks again for watching another show, Accentuating the Positive. Just a reminder that I'm going to have a chat with Penny Kelly today and she's written seven books. If you'd like to support ATP Media, please go to the link in the description under the YouTube or iTunes or wherever you're listening or watching the show and click on my website and you can get all the books on my affiliate link. The affiliate link obviously pays me a few cents when you buy the books and it's a way of supporting atp media because as you know i don't charge or put ads on the shows so if you'd like to support the work and keep it going you can get the books on the affiliate links for all the shows of uh, everyone that i've interviewed over the years i put their affiliate links on my website so penny's books are incredible and amazing and i'm going to be buying some more so if you'd like to support the show please do so or you can support the show by making a donation on the paypal link in the description on the YouTube channel. Thanks again for watching and listening. Welcome 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 to another show accentuating the positive with Karen Swain. I have another incredible guest for you today. Her name is Penny Kelly. Welcome to the show, Penny. Good to be here. Let me tell you a little bit about Penny. There's just So much. I mean, I'm I'm sure a few of you or a lot of you who are watching this know about Penny's work. She's been all over the internet and she's prolific in her writing. Obviously, Penny is a writer, a teacher, author, publisher, researcher, consultant, and naturopathic physician, just to name a few. There's actually more to Penny than meets the eye. She's the owner and director of Lily Hill Farm in southwest Michigan, where she teaches courses in developing uh, intuition and the gifts of consciousness, getting well Uh, again naturally, and organic farming. She maintains a worldwide counselling coaching practice, travels widely to speak and teach, and raises organic vegetables, chickens and beef. Penny was an engineer for Chrysler Corporation in Detroit, leaving in 1979 to study brain consciousness, intelligence, intuition, perception, and cognition. This led to her work both in schools and corporations as an educational consultant specialising in accelerated brain-compatible learning techniques. Penny holds a degree in humanistic studies from Wayne State University and a degree in naturopathic medicine. She's the mother of four children, has co-written and edited over 23 books with others, and has written seven of her own books. Let me just tell you about her books. The Evolving Human, The Elves of Lily Hill Farm, which I want to chat about, love The Elves, Robes, A Book of Coming Changes, Getting Well Again Naturally from the Soil to the Stomach, Consciousness and Energy, Volume 1, 2, and 3. Volume 1 is about multidimensionality and the theories of consciousness, which Penny sent me that to have a look over. So we're going to talk about some of the concepts in that book. Volume two is about the new world of energy, and three is the history of consciousness. History and consciousness, I should say. So much to talk about, Penny.
1: (laughs) There's a lot. I've been around the consciousness world here now for what seems like a long time. And um, it's a fascinating we we are in a fascinating place.
0: Absolutely, you know what I love about you too is that curious mind. I really relate to that. Like you, you know, obviously you had a kundalini awakening. Was it in the seventies, eighties, or nineties? It was early. It
1: started. It started in nineteen seventy-eight. Right, and it it exploded in seventy-nine, and then continued to explode over eighty and eighty-one. And then finally it started to slow down a little bit. And now it's kind of like this, um, it changes you forever, but it's this quiet river that every so often comes to life and takes you with it and expands you a little further. So. Well,
0: you know, listening to your, you talk about your, your Kundalini awakening. I haven't come anywhere near that. You know, I've heard cause it was explosive oh. and you know, uh, a lot of people talk about this energy healing or energy um, enlivening or awakening, where some people's bodies, you know, spontaneously combust because it's heat and energy and fire and kind of That's moves right. up through your chakras, moves up through your spinal cord, and pops out the top of your head. But the whole purpose of the Kundalini awakening, be it explosive or subtle, I think that probably mine has been very subtle over the years. That's good. <laughs> is that, yeah, not too intense, is that it awakens our powers of perception. That's and right. So our even the physical cones and rods in our eyes and our, all our sort of physical perceptive devices, ears and become expanded like we get to perceive a bigger vibrational bandwidth don't we through our intuitive senses and also
1: our our physical senses would that be right that's correct it wakes up what i call the clairs clairvoyance Mm -hmm. clairsentience clairgustance you know clairaudience um and it expands the capacity of the physical eyes, the physical ears, and and then it activates a whole bunch of other... We have about 24 senses altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those are magnetic, some are mass, uh, the ability to sense mass, some of them are pheromonic, mm-hmm. some are... Yeah, there's just a bunch of them. And they all become very, very acute. Mm-hmm. So... Mm.
0: So this led to, and this, I just love this. I've got my brother staying with me at the moment who's, you know, he's been with me for a couple of months now, so he can't help but get away from my kind of conversation, but he's not in my conversation. (laughs) He comes home last night about six o'clock and I've got you on the television listening to you talk about the elves and he sits in his chair and he's listening to you talk about the elves and he's going, "Uh uh-huh. And I said, they're real, you know, and he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Like he just, (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I said oh, well you know they're interdimensional beings and he's kind of looking at me uh-huh and I said meaning that they have a different um you know ba- they have a different frequency so the cones and the rods in our eyes can't perceive their frequency just like when a fan spins really fast you can't yes. see it and he's like okay that makes sense but it was just interesting hearing him like watching him try to wrap his
1: head around elves do you want to talk <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, let me just say that I didn't believe in elves myself Mm -hmm. until I actually met them, and then I made a deal with them that I would say that there were these things called elves if they would give me a hundred tons of grapes in my vineyard, and I had this little, two little bitty vineyards, and so I thought it was an impossible deal, and I won't say what the story is, but um, I learned so much. Especially I learned how uh, small-minded I was. I learned how arrogant I was. I learned how selfish I was. There was just one lesson after the next in, oh, yeah. in that relationship with them. And, and I learned how to expand my thinking to like put my arms around the whole community, the whole, not just even the community, but the whole region that I lived in. And that relationship with them is now, what is this, uh, 2018, I met them in 1990. And so that relationship is going on 30 years old. And they are wonderful. And I have, I continue to learn from them. And there are just all, they're not the only beings that I am in relationship with. I have, there are are lots of others in other dimensions.
0: Yeah. So quite a lot had happened between obviously the 70s and the 90s when you had the Kundalini Awakening and then saw the Elves. So you saw the Elves. With your right. physical eyes, like not that's just in right. your third eye. Like you actually saw them as physical beings. Could you touch them and sort of shake their hand and say good day?
1: I did. I yeah. did. I love the way you say good day. <laughs> that, that is a, that's that's <laughs> specifically Australian. Um, the, we have had conversations, so I see them. I hear them, and at one point we even, we were all in my office, which they rarely, really would come in the building. Um, and we were all in a circle, and we joined hands, and we did this little kind of a meditative thing for just a moment, but I was hanging on to them and had the full perception. They, they're, quite, they're quite a motley crew, if I can put it that way. Um, and and the and the and there's not just the physical communication there's also the telepathic okay. communication and we have some signal systems that they use with me they will send this humongous bumblebee up that will not leave me alone until i say what what do you want and then as soon as i ask i'll get the message um, you know, please come out here. We need to talk or something. So I go visiting and once in a while they come to visit me, I'll be outside. And, and because of the last couple of years, I have been so busy, uh, at the computer and, you know, writing and things like that, that it's become a real treat to get to talk with them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Look, you know, reading your work, Penny, I, I see <clears throat> or desire to see uh, your work broken down into um, classrooms in schools. Like, I, you know, we need to study consciousness. Forget the math, yeah. you know, like, we, I mean, math is good too. But, you know, forget the stuff that we wrote, learn in schools. We need school right. to teach consciousness. Like, I think I could sit in a classroom for the next decade or two just getting over the book, stuff in your book, couple, you know, and just one of one of your books, and exploring that, ex, you know, exponentially, like exploring that through experience rather than just reading about it, because we have yeah. no idea who we are. Most you're right,
1: yeah. Oh, Karen, you are so right. I cannot emphasize that enough. We have this astounding potential yeah. that is designed into us. And we are kind of meant to go from acorn to oak tree, and we haven't even begun to unlock that. And you would never know uh, if you haven't had a kundalini experience that that potential was in there. Mm -hmm. And so I, I agree with you. And in fact, I am starting a small education system that teaches consciousness, and then I'm planning to expand to other subjects that include not just the information, but the spiritual aspects of that is something that's designed to develop the whole person because I was an educational consultant for 18 years and mm-hmm. I learned how to use, and I use it in, and with my own students, I learned how to really be pretty good at accelerated teaching and learning techniques and brain compatible learning. Mm-hmm. And I use that to develop people in a way that just, you know, gets them moving very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I want this education system to develop us. We are just wasting huge amounts of human potential. Kids sit in a classroom and the brain gets wasted.
0: I so agree. Oh, God. Yeah. You know, I've got so many friends with um, children who just don't do 3D school. And yet there, my my nephew, I've spoken about this on the show, is one of them, he's 16, he's just a genius. But he doesn't read or write. Like he just doesn't do 3D school. He can't sit still and be taught. And so my brother, my brother's son, who's staying with me temporarily, yeah. uh is on the skype every night doing his homework for him <laughs> but they just but they but you know they see them as stupid because they don't do the 3d yeah. school if you put him in a consciousness class he'd be there like top of the co- you know like he would just yep. their brain yep. works too quickly to slow it down yes. to sort of rote learn stuff that they need to regurgitate out in a
1: oh yeah it's just anyway and you know what the other thing to keep in mind is that we learn by doing and being mm-hmm. Exactly. That's primary, exactly. and so sitting in a classroom, listen to somebody else tell about their knowledge, deprives us of our own. Yeah, and that is. It's. It's. I think it's tragic. I think it's criminal. <laughs> it's it funny. is, but it's going to change, and you
0: and I are going to change it. Anyway, uh, look, I, I, I saw you. <laughs> Amen to that. You know, human consciousness is the most important thing that needs changing in the world. This is something that you wrote in one of your books, which I absolutely agree with, because once we change our perspective, our perception, perceptual abilities, and we expand our awareness of who we are and what's possible, then everything changes. The environment changes. What we do to the planet changes. Our technology changes. Everything changes. Our health changes. There's not one aspect of living in life that doesn't change without the uh, expansion
1: of human consciousness. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And we have this uh, consciousness that's been taught to like focus. We're like a horse with blinders on, trotting down the road and the road's been prepared by somebody else instead of freely running across the field and seeing what's there and learning from whatever's happening with the bugs and the grasses and the soil and the birds and the... whatever and everything carries information and when you are forced to sit in a seat all day every day in a barren classroom you are missing tons of information and that is you're then crippled for the rest of your life mentally crippled Mm -hmm. So,
0: so one of the things that you said too in the book is um You talked about, now, you you had some predictions. I'm a bit um, confused about who the predictions were from. Was it from the elves or the robes? Who were the robes, the Book of Coming Changes?
1: They were the guys that were doing all the predictions, right? Yes, yes. Who was that? So so about a year into the whole kundalini thing, Mm -hmm. the, the kundalini, the big explosive parts happened February, March, April in 1979 and then in i think it was january or thereabouts of 1980 january 80 i'm peeling potatoes and all of a sudden i had this feeling that somebody was in the room i think i heard a sound even though the water was running or something and i turned and there was this group of little men in brown robes and they were glowing Mm -hmm. and they weren't very tall and they looked like little monks and I freaked out, you know, just like, ah, now what? My perception is, it's driving me crazy. And that started the relationship. They then returned for visits. Um, I didn't put all the visits in the book. There were a few that were specifically, uh, I'll call it educational. And that, um, that period of time, I I really wasn't very gracious about um about their presence at first and I wasn't interested they just wanted to show me some pictures can we show you some pictures and and after a while I thought okay I'll look at the pictures and they'll go away but they didn't they just kept coming back with more and more and more and so that those visits lasted over about a year and a half and mm-hmm. I saw the period of time, a lot of stuff between 20 or the year 2000 and 2025 mm-hmm. and then 2040 and 2050 and 2080 and a little bit around 2100 and then we went to 2413 and it was very interesting and, and they basically said, these are the changes that are going to happen in your world and this is why they're changing. And so that was, and then, then they came back 11 years after I last saw them, and said, "Would you write those things down?" And I, I was like, "No. Um, <laughs> I really didn't want to. And, and they were very persuasive, and I ended up you know, writing everything down and you know, revising and editing because I'd be writing something. And that would trigger the memory of something else they said, and then I'd have to revise that and and eventually it was published I think I published the first time in nineteen ninety seven and then uh, and i I published just a few copies because I told them I would publish it and but I didn't want anybody to read it, and so I just published twenty copies. And those copies went out and had a huge impact and people calling me. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll publish a few more. And and then eventually I put it up on Amazon and it took off. And it's been in the top 100 books on and off over the last 20 years. Wow. So...
0: People do love prediction. Oh, they love prediction, don't they? They love going to psychics and saying, "Tell me my future." But the thing is that the future's not set in stone. A future is very no. flexible, and they were obviously showing you a probable future, and they must have been showing you a future that they wanted us to create.
1: That's right. They as did. opposed
0: to the trajectory we were on, you know, like right. that's why they were so
1: insistent on getting the work out. Yeah yeah they said to me at one point you're coming to the they called it the great fork in the road right and that that fork was going to have to be a choice Uh did we want to disintegrate and die or did we want to go on into this whole new world whole new creation and eternal life Mm and i thought that that was the most ridiculous thing and they said if you don't if you don't want to do anything different you're already on the road to death and destruction right you're going to have to do something different if you want to move into a future that you have created that's beautiful that's you know healthy that is has all these possibilities and and that further develops the individual. And Mm. I was not into very much responsibility at that point in time. Mm. And I didn't, I could not get my mind around what it would mean to take responsibility for creating our own future. And so I had to work on that. I think it took quite a while. And then and then I started seeing that the things that they had said, this is what's what you're going to see, and this is why you're going to see it. And when I started to see that, I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh, we have to do something different.
0: Right. And, so they gave you a few yeah. historical events that were going to happen that would... Um, indicate that we were not on the path that would lead to an evolving and what what were some of those events Those events,
1: they were, there was a lot of them, actually. Um, I put a few in the book. But the main ones were that the first thing I would see was that the Berlin Wall would come down.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: The next thing I would see would be that uh, there was fighting everywhere and ridiculous kinds of fighting in the court system. It would be all very Mm -hmm. refined. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't be the kind of of what I'll call sticks and stones kinds of war and that it would be over power and that I would see the court system begin to set traps for people that people would not know about and they would step into the trap and then they would have to pay this huge fine. And that we would see that the government really didn't care about the legality or the morality Of anything all they wanted was the money and and then they said we would see our government collapse and our financial system collapse and our religious system go the way of you know back into the Dark Ages Um, there were so many things I would see women begin to move into political positions and back in 1980 I was kind of like what yeah okay i hear you but i'm sure you're you know you're crazy um and little by little a lot of things started to happen yeah so these were
0: indications that we were on a trajectory of destruction or recreation
1: or both they were i think they were using they didn't they didn't frame it that way they were using these kinds of uh scenarios mm-hmm. to inform me that this was where we were going and this is why we were going there and the whole goal was not to predict anything at all it was to then they would go into this huge deep explanation of what was happening with consciousness and what was happening in the in the psychology of the civilization or the culture and uh, that there was a huge amount of teaching. The book is uh, is absolutely overflowing with their teachings about how culture evolves, what to expect, and and why that's good, because it leads to an individual that is fully mature. And, and, and when I say mature, I mean spiritually mature. Mm. And that is a very different thing from religious um dogma and religious teaching and they had there was no connection between religion in fact they considered religion to be something of a stumbling block and um and spirituality spirituality was is the full development of the spirit of the unique self mm-hmm. the unique individual so there's no one kind of spirituality so I began to see all that, and I began to worry <laughs> that, that the, the other things I saw were going to happen. I did see the Trade Center going down. When that mm-hmm. happened, I had a moment that morning, um, and I remember that, that morning so clearly. Mm-hmm. I was upstairs, and the whole group, because there was a group of interns and people living here at the farm, And somebody ran upstairs and said, come downstairs, because we only had one television, and it was down in the cafe. And and there was this building on fire uh, from supposedly a plane hitting it. That was the story anyway. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing there watching, and I'm seeing this and thinking, oh, no. (laughs) This is the beginning of the end. That was the way they had put it. And while I'm watching, in comes another plane and hits the other tower. And then the, both of them go down. And I'm watching that. I've, you know, I've been an engineer. And I'm mm-hmm. watching that go down. And I'm thinking, that's a control drop. Yeah. That is not from those planes. Yeah. And, and I started to shake. Right. And I couldn't quit shaking and I could, I started to cry, and I couldn't quit crying or shaking. I'm getting all emotional all over again, and I had to go back upstairs to my own apartment because I couldn't, I couldn't get to a place where I could stop um, the shaking, the knowing. All of the information that the robes had shared came flooding back. Um, I knew that there would be some really hard choices for people, uh, especially in the Western countries, mm-hmm. and that that, um, hang on, oh, I'm <laughs> um, And that that would be something that we would have a test and we're having that test right now. The test was Trump or Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and we had to pick Trump. And he, he was just presented so poorly that it was really hard for people to get their mind around this man <laughs> and and we picked him and then we started into the next phase consciousness has these uh lessons this is yeah. a trickster trickster lesson yeah and, and that really yeah. is where we're at right now
0: yeah i reckon that trump's a perfect example It's like they say you're either a a terrible warning or a shining example, I think. He could be a terrible warning. He could be a terrible warning of who we could become. And and it's interesting. It's like relationship. When you meet yourself in relationship, you get to see. And every every relationship you meet yourself, but you know, loving relationships, you meet yourself. So what you dislike in the other is a direct reflection of you. And then yeah. then you get to choose. Well, is this who I want to be? Is like is that who I want to be? So we get to recreate ourselves anew when we see ourselves. And right. I think, that, I think that Trump is doing a great. He's <laughs> doing good at, at showing people who we don't want to be. Really, in in many well, ways. Well,
1: I think it would have been a disaster if we had chosen Hillary Clinton. Then we would have disintegrated. Trump was actually the path to healing. I could not get my mind around that in the beginning. Right. <laughs> I was like, "You're kidding! The orange-haired <laughs> clown. <laughs> we get to pick the. It's kind of like having to kiss a frog." <laughs> So, like, oh, okay, and and I knew that if if Hillary got in there, um, that that was the end, yeah. and and that was so disappointing because I wanted to see a woman in that role, but yeah, eventually yeah. it became clear that that was not the right woman, and so there've been some really hard uh, lessons that we are dealing with here right now. And I think I'm not sure. uh, I think we are going to make it. I think it's going to be rough yet, but we're going to make it. Okay,
0: so that was kind of one of the next questions I was going to say. Where do you think we are now? Because obviously the robes. Let me just get back to the robes. Were they you perceived them through your outside eyes too, right? Yes. And were they like? Did
1: they appear as physical beings? They did, but they didn't appear physical quite the way. The elves they weren't quite did. as um, they weren't quite as physical because they 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 glowed so right. much. It and it when you up, they were short, were they like three foot, four foot, five foot? What's short? Two foot. They were they were as tall as I was, five foot two. Okay. <laughs>
0: That's not too short. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's shorter than me, but it's not too short.
1: But, okay. Yeah, uh, okay, okay. So they were kind of person height. All right. Okay. Right. But right. They, they look like human beings. They right. look like little men. And uh, except for the fact that there was this light that came out of them that was phenomenal. Right. And their abilities, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but their abilities to project consciousness, And to shift an experience and to create a scenario that you could step into and literally have an experience, a physical experience, that was astounding. And afterwards, years and years afterwards, I thought, why did that not strike me as totally... Unusual at that time and I think it was because I was so anxious to have them go away that I just went along with whatever they they brought up and suggested so that I could be free and Wouldn't have to deal with them and then they would come back again (laughs) and And by the time we got toward the last visit or two I was beginning to realize that they had completely uh, altered my life, my thinking, what I was willing to do, what I was willing to settle for, everything that I saw coming—they um, just—they just changed everything. Wow. And I tried to pretend that that—that that I was still the way I had been, and I did that successfully for quite a few years. And and then when they came back and said, "Please write all that down," and I was like, "Oh." you know, no, I hate that kind of book. I'm not writing that kind of book. Oh yeah. 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 People need to know. People need to see what they're up against. They will be grateful. And I'm like, no, <laughs> they're going to think I'm an idiot for saying all this stuff. And you know, that was 92. That was when they, 92. Came. That, when know, they came back 11 years later. That was 11 years after they had stopped coming around. And I finally said, okay, I'll see what I can do. And it took me a long time.
0: You haven't seen them since?
1: I I haven't. I, I had an experience in January of this year. And I had one of the things that they said was, you stay under the radar. You stay quiet. Okay, fine, uh, that suits me just fine. Mm. And and then in January, I can't remember what I was asked. I, I went to bed one night and I was distraught about the things that were going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was afraid and I was unsettled. And so I'm sitting on the bed and I ask this question, I kind of projected it out. And said, if you're out there, if you're out there, do something. <laughs> and so I go to sleep. And I don't know what time it was, somewhere between 2 and 4 in the morning, I was awakened by this huge group that looked kind of like little men in brown robes, but there were many of them. And I woke up, and I, and they said to me, what what is it you want us to do? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I had already forgotten right. what I said, uh, and my my request. And and I I said, you know, who are you? And they said, we are the Roshani. And I was mm-hmm. I never heard that word before, and I saw the word in the air at the time they said it, and it was R apostrophe S H A N uh yeah s-h-a-h-n-e-y and i thought i've never never heard of you <laughs> and i was tired and i just wanted to go back to sleep and at that point i i said um well i was just kind of feeling like somebody ought to do something mm. and their response amounted to yes you should yes you should it's it's time. <laughs> begin your work and I thought, what so I go back to sleep they leave I go back to sleep I didn't think about it anymore in the morning. I thought, what was that and and i but I remembered their statement, yes, you should it's time to begin begin your work and I thought that sounds like a message the the little man in brown robes had said you stay under the radar until you, we tell you until you, you know, get a message that says it's time to begin because they wanted me to be safe. They said, you will be taken out if you, if you open your mouth and get involved in the takedown. And I was like, okay. So and I was quite comfortable being in the background. Mm. And so I said. So this okay. was
0: January 2018. That yep. the, the what are they called, Roshani? Roshani. Rush,
1: yeah, the accent was on the second syllable. It was Roshani. Roshani. On the last syllable. Yeah, and I, I thought, okay, I uh, have no idea, but they looked like the little man in brown robes. It's interesting and when I, you
0: say that. It feels so familiar.
1: I I had the same. F-
0: same reaction it's like have, have I heard that I, I, and it I, feels oh I'm getting it in my stomach oh it feels ancient <laughs> and it yeah. feels familiar I feel like I've hung out with them but not in this lifetime like <laughs> long ago
1: yeah yeah
0: ooh, I'm was... feeling it in my stomach oh it's, it's funny
1: yeah Roshani yeah. oh okay we are the Roshani, Roshani. <laughs> So then I thought, I must have, I I just dreamed that. I'm sure I just dreamed that. And so I kind of poo pooed it. And in April, um, a young man appeared in my kitchen right next to the sink late at night. I was busy mixing up some vitamins. I drink a powdered vitamin drink at night. And there he was. And I was like, who are you? And he just looked at me and said, begin your work and i thought oh okay that's the second one that's they're not fooling and there was a sense of (laughs) you know like get off your dupa uh hurry up like get moving it's you're supposed to have started earlier and so i thought okay i it's time to begin well uh, i
0: agree with them oh my eyes weeping i don't know why but um uh your work uh, any work in consciousness is so important. So you've kind of um, yeah. been like a researcher for years, 30, 40 years. years—and right. And they want you to like, when they say begin your work, it's not like you haven't been, you've been sitting idle. Um, God, just read. <laughs> just <laughs> Thank read. you.
1: <laughs> but what do they want you to do? Do they want you to, what do they want you to do? They, the robes were very clear back in, you know, 1981 or thereabouts. They wanted me to teach the world about the mind and consciousness. It came down to that. There were a yes. few other details, but basically that was it. Yep. And I didn't have the right frame of mind to teach that at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And I think I I needed the 30 years of practice teaching to really learn because here's here's the I think the magic of teaching somebody asks a question and here's the nature of reality is that if, if you can come up with a question, the answer is part of that question.
0: Absolutely.
1: And so people would ask me a question and all my mouth would open and out would come an answer. And I would think, where did that come from? And Uh it would just be the perfect answer and then it would fit something else i was working on that i had been beating my head against trying to figure something out and then along comes this person with this one silly question and there would be my answer to the big research puzzle piece that i was trying to come up with and at that point i began to see that the the answers were in the in us yeah. they were in each individual and it was really important to have done all that teaching people would ask things and i would think oh i don't i don't know let me let me do some research and then i would go and test that over and over again and come up with what seemed to be a principle and an operational reality and then and then there were lots of times when i would be doing something I don't know if you know how clairvoyance works, but clairvoyance is um, somebody is saying something and all of a sudden the whole environment goes absolutely silent except for this one individual voice or it could be a piece of a song or it could be something on the radio, it doesn't matter, but everything goes absolutely silent and then this voice with this auditory message comes booming through. And that is a, a very powerful kind of clairvoyance that brings you information when you need it. Yeah. When, whether you think you need it or not, in many cases. And yes. Yeah. So
0: it's like amongst the noise of life with all the information bombarding us, something is highlighted, like in a, with, with that yellow highlight. It's like highlighted. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. But you That's could it. Be, I remember driving home from a meeting once with a whole lot of energy healers and, um, you know, all the signs on the sides of the roads, I was like looking up at a sign and there, you know, there was these messages just popping out like this, you know, and I, and they were hilarious. I've got, I can't remember what the sign, but, um, yeah, it was just, it was just like spirit was talking through me, talking to me through the signs on the side that's of the right. road. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. 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 That's an altered state of perception. You're seeing the signs, the physical signs that everybody else is seeing, but you're getting a different message. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is so important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, long story short, I ended up starting um, my school. I'm starting, I actually decided I needed to get my classes uploaded. And I started talking out a little more and agreeing to a few more interviews and things. And so all is well.
0: Yeah. So that's this year. So, right. Okay. Because there's quite a few interviews because when I was, I don't even know how I found you, but I found you and then I I, kind of Googled you and there was a lot to look at. And um, I thought, oh, she's out there, you know, doing her thing, yeah. good on her. But, um, but th- th- then, uh, you know, reading your work, there's so much to talk about in human consciousness, you know, yeah. like you've had so many out-of-body experiences and then, you know, obviously in Volume 1, which is a book I've um, looked over, you've, had, you've seen the multidimensionality of who, who we are and, and you know, what's really interesting, you know, I read in the Seth books years ago um that every thought that is thought becomes a reality and uh, you know i've said this this so many times and at that point i'm in my 20s i threw the book to the other side of the room because to wrap my head around that just i just couldn't (laughs) (laughs) and Um, then
1: uh and then your
0: book you you're talking about the same thing and um uh, but at yeah. first, before that, I want to go into privacy because I thought that this was really important because a lot of people <clears throat> get really head up about privacy. I know. And, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, the people listening to us on our iPhones and people watching us and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I've always thought, well, who cares if they're watching me? Then You know, what are they looking at? I mean, who cares? Like, really? So you have a different perspective <laughs> on privacy as well, not this sort of like we have yeah. to protect our that privacy. But mm-hmm. do you want to talk about what you
1: said about privacy in the book? Yeah, um, there is none, <laughs> Yeah. So that's the bottom line that's the short answer. The privacy is something that we grant to one another so that we can hide our own crap. <laughs> we it's kind of this deal, you know, I won't I won't see what you're doing if you don't see what I'm doing and it's a way of hiding from our own personal growth. Yes. It's just, it, I understand the need and the desire for privacy, but the whole reason for it is because we are so judgmental. Yes. We have to get past that judgmental uh, approach to living, to, the, you know, the way that we think about one another is so not loving. And instead of looking at one another and going, yep, that's human, all right. We are shame on you, yeah, blah blah blah, and we do not know how to raise the consciousness of one another, and that is uh, that is tragic, and and so none of us is really, I'm um, going to say, very responsible or is willing to take responsibility for. Making for transforming a situation and that is just something that you learn as your own consciousness awakens and expands so so for instance if I'm Going anywhere doesn't matter where it is and and I'm going to be in a situation that uh, Could be sticky could be tense could be ugly Mm-hmm. I'm, my intent is I'm going to change that. I'm going to alter that situation. Yep. And, and after a while, you know how to do that. Yes. And that is just, it becomes a way of being. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's
0: so true. You know, authenticity seems to be, you know, in fashion at the moment, which is like this, what you yeah. say, it, instead of hiding yes. your, you know, you're what you what you hate about yourself, or what you judge about yourself, and then and then right. pointing at others and saying, you know, because what we see in others is really it's like look at that person, they're a liar, or they're having an adulterous affair, or oh, it's terrible, they're cheating, mm-hmm. they're doing this, you know, we're all judging each other because right. we're all so scared of people finding out
1: that actually this is me. This is that's me. true. That's true, and I have to say, I have to interrupt, forgive me for interrupting, but (laughs) we, what we do is make the person bad instead of looking at the rules and the system and the institutions and the dogma and all that social crap that we are (laughs) supposed to rise to and say, what's wrong with that? Instead, we say, what's wrong with that person? And that is so unfair to us. Yeah. Yes. We are good people. Yeah. We are uh, amazing beings that are just waiting to unfold.
0: And we are. We're genius, creative potential. We are yes. absolutely. Yeah. I just had to get, because i you know, people are always rabbiting on about privacy and, and um, <laughs> when I don't see it, you know, that's the thing. When you've got nothing to hide, you don't care about privacy. Like, what, so what? What are mm-hmm. they going to I remember my when I had a Hotmail account, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago, my brother said I had a password that was pretty obvious and he said, you should change your password. And I said, why? And he said, it's pretty obvious. People could hack your Hotmail account. And I'm like, well, they're going to see a whole lot of inspirational messages. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let them have at it. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess he was
0: talking about, I don't know, bank accounts and all that sort of stuff that we worry about. But right. um, okay, privacy. Um, the the new earth we're talking about so you've had many out of body experiences that you talk about in volume one um we'll we'll talk about what you do in volume two and three because i haven't read those books but um okay one of them was going to the new earth right you went there Mm -hmm. let's talk about that
1: Yeah, that was so inspiring. Mm. I didn't appreciate it at the time. Uh, It was just one of those, oh great, you know, who are these guys and where are they going to take me? Um, And I was out of the body because one of the things about awakening, true awakening, is that you do not sleep. You are awake. Right. The, The term is literally true. And so... I would put my body to bed, and then I would end up bored out of my gourd, and float out of the body. And and what happens with consciousness is that you you can't you you can't turn it off. It's always on. Mm-hmm. And and I could say much more about that, but it'd take a, a whole weekend. Yeah. So you know, i go up and sit on the roof out of the body, and just watch what was going on in the night, and and then, so one night, I'm up on this roof, and I see these lights in the distance, and I thought it was a plane, and it wasn't, and it ended up being these three beings made of light, and they came, and they hovered over me, and they put their hand out, and said, come with us, and I didn't have anything to do, so I went, yeah. and I ended up in the it was an amazing, just the travel experience. It, I, and let me say this, I don't think you really travel anywhere. Yeah. What you do is you accelerate to this extraordinary frequency, that shakes you loose. (laughs) That's the best way. It it looks like you're traveling. You know, you've seen those Star Trek movies where the lights are going by because they're moving at warp speed. Mm -hmm. That's how it looked. But the feeling is the key, not how it looks. It's the feeling is that you're dropping one body after the next.
0: Ooh, this is so interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like you're turning up your frequency that's right you're not traveling you're just oh I you're got just the, I got there because I had an out-of-body experience you know unlike you and all the other people I've interviewed on the show who have yeah. I, 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 I've had them but they've been spontaneous and then I can't do it deliberately like I don't have that continuum of being awake all the time like I definitely have falling asleep Thank and then God. waking up oh well <laughs> I don't know I think it sounds fascinating but at one time I came, I was coming back into the body and, um, I was aware and I was having a chat to my mob about it. And they said, you don't travel anywhere. You just shift your focus from one dimension to another. Like you just shift your, you know, that's what they told me. And I went, I get it. So you're saying a similar thing, but the focus is a frequency kind of dial. It's like you're,
1: so these beams of light were like, um, shifting your frequency and, Oh, my. When I grabbed onto those hands, yeah, it was kind of like being electrocuted. Right. okay. Right. And, and so we ended up going to this planet, and, and I have to use ordinary English going, yeah, to this planet that was uh, just on an awake and aware earth. every grain of sand was awake every Mm. leaf every blade of grass every pebble every brick every tree I I just everything Mm. and 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 I just felt like I was home I cannot tell you the how strong that feeling was I was home I was where everybody knew me where I knew everybody and everything and and we had this really wonderful kind of tour I went there three different times and did a little something different each time and saw a little bit more of how it worked and then at that last that third visit they said you can stay and I thought "Ooh, I have children i really want to go back and finish raising my children um and they smiled and said yeah we understand you'll be back
0: okay and so this place that you call the new earth is a place that many people go to when they have near death experiences and they call heaven right so is it that, is
1: one of the heaven worlds yes it is one
0: of the heaven worlds yeah
1: yes so
0: I think you said in the book obviously there's no sickness there's no age
1: right um, there was nobody was overweight nobody right. was gray, gray-haired nobody right. was crabby nobody was depressed nobody yes. was there were no wars there was nothing like that there was this astounding joy that was literally almost something you could reach out and touch right. it was absolutely stunning and things were happening there that were, um, I guess I, I would describe it as they were happening via light. So you could see what was happening in the plant because you could see the light moving. Yeah. And the same in the tree and it's the same in some of the individuals and the buildings and everything. It was just amazing. and And it was clear also after I had been there three times and I thought back on it. It was clear that that world was under construction oh. and that we were building that. And I think they took me there just to see, just to show me, this is what you can create. Yes. Yeah. And I, I thought, oh, wow. We have a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, just, that's, you've just read my mind. I'm sitting here yeah. thinking we have a ways to go. That's
0: exactly yeah. the words. I'm thinking it, you're saying it. We have a okay. ways to go. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But possibility. Oh, look, the thing about creation is that we can create through drama or we can create through, you know, when you experience yeah. some drama in your life, like when you get sick, you say, I want to be well. So we can create through that's it. Right. Or we can see something we want. Um, yeah maybe if you're overweight and you see a thin person and you look at what you want and you say I want to be like that right and so that's right and so that visual that concept that desire becomes manifest because you can yes bring that into this reality like you can reach for it and manifest it here and that's what I think that that's what they want us to do with this new earth, like know about right.
1: it so that we can bring it into this reality. Is that? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And and I understood after that um, an experience, and I think I talk about it in volume one, that, remember the experience about the spine?
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: and that whole experience taught me that, Holy cow. We can create anything. anything. Okay. Well, let's talk about the spine. So you had a neck problem or something, some back problem? What happened? No, I didn't really have any problem. What I had was one of the women who was living here had a terrible curvature of the spine, right. really bad scoliosis. And I said to her one day, wow you know, what have you done to your spine or what are you doing to make it better? And she said, this is just from sitting at a desk all these years. And I thought, I don't want that. Yeah. That was, that was the whole impetus for the, I started this little mantra, you know, every night I would take a few minutes and I would think my spine is long and straight and then I amended it to be long and perfectly shaped and perfectly healthy over and every night over and over for months and, and subtle um, supple
0: and flexible uh, I remember right? I was reading those yep. as I was reading those words I went into meditation and I looked at my spine and oh. I saw where I had some blocks in my spine and I said, okay mm-hmm. I can change that and I just kept repeating what you said my spine is yep you know, healthy
1: and supple and flexible and perfectly shaped. Yeah. 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 So then, you know, I meditate very rarely because you don't have time as a farmer. And we were heavy duty farming at that point. And I was in this meditation one night and this uh, astoundingly beautiful spine comes right at me and stops right in front of me. And I remember looking at it and thinking, look at that beautiful spine. It <laughs> didn't even dawn on me that that was what I had created. And, and I remember looking that there were like the places where the, the blood vessels and the nerves came out of it. Mm-hmm. They were this gorgeous red and blue light. Nice. And, I, and I thought, wow, that's really beautiful. And that that was as far as it went the first time or two. And then one day it showed up in the middle of my little, my spine is long and perfectly shaped and blah, blah. And I was like, oh, and it hit me that that was what I had created. And it was a living spine, a living system out there in the ethers And that was a huge wake-up call that we needed to be doing something like my body is long and slim and flexible and perfectly shaped and perfectly healthy and whatever else you want. And you can change it up. It doesn't have to be the same thing every single day. And that literally creates a body for you to step into which then taught me that when you are healing something, you're literally building a new body that you very inobtrusively move into.
0: Okay. So this is, so this is coming back to every thought creates. That's right. And, um, you know, most of the time I was having this conversation with a girlfriend, our thoughts are negatively focused in that we're focused on what is instead of what we want. So I, don't, I feel right. tired. I feel sick. My neck hurts. I hate my job. Oh, I'm getting fat. I'm so fat. I'm, I'm getting old. I'm so old. I'm getting, you know, and it's just, we just blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah. And so right. these thoughts are creating, especially when yeah. we repeat them over and over. You know, my husband does this and my, my kids are not doing that. And, and we keep yeah. recreating these realities and bringing them into this reality instead of focusing on, Okay, so I'm in pain. What do I want? I want a long, healthy right. spine, which is supple yep. and, yeah, flexible right. and, yeah. and, and All how, of that. How do we bring – so you saw the spine that you'd created in a probable reality or a vibrational reality.
1: How do yeah. you bring that into this physical reality? It happens naturally because there's a law in consciousness that says you will move to the next higher expression of self automatically you'll reach for that automatically so let's um let's just pretend for a moment that you have a, a mother and a crabby father and a nitpicky Older sister and a jerk of a brother, etc. And then you've got teachers and you've got a boss and you've got all these people in your life. Okay, so and, and, and let's add a lover. Okay, so now you do not you have one body frequency matrix for your mother's and yours interactions. You have a different one for your father. And you switch among those just automatically. You have one for your older sister and another one for your jerky younger brother. And another one totally for your lover. And people on the street. uh, One of the things that is very important to understand about consciousness, if you want to have more power, you stop spilling or spinning off umpteen versions of yourself every day in other words you have to get to the core self and then you act from that core self no matter who you're with and what you discover very quickly is how to be quiet how to be loving how to be compassionate how to be thoughtful how to shut your mouth you know how to be patient with the jerky younger brother who's coming along and just yeah. isn't where you happen to be. Yep. Yeah. And, and so on and so forth. And so you stop spinning off your energy. And one of the one of the things that I learned was that you have to begin collecting yourself <laughs> I call it getting yourself back in a pile yeah. and that really is important to developing your inner authority your power and your the truth of the whole self so that is presence
0: okay so what I'm hearing you saying is that is presence is that just be loving and present and available with everyone, no matter who they are. Like I'm noticing this with my brother, right? So he comes to stay with me. He's very shut down. He's very asleep. And I keep thinking he's very shut down. He's very asleep, right? And so I'm kind of reacting to him from that mindset. Instead of thinking he's awake and he's conscious, you know, instead of being thinking about him as I want him to be, I'm thinking about him as he's appearing, but I have to yeah. say, I find he's changing just being oh, yeah. with me. Cause I don't shut up. I just tell him all the stuff that I think about. And, <laughs> uh, and he just like, they're like, uh-huh. and I thought you, you think I'm crazy. Don't you? And he goes, no.
1: no. <laughs> I don't want to hurt your feelings, but yes. <laughs> but, um yeah. So
0: I talk to yeah. him as if he is awake, but I think of him as he is, like that he is asleep. So I have to sort of start thinking of him more. Uh, I have to think of him differently. I have to start thinking, I have to start reacting to him like I would be talking to you, have a conversation with you, someone, yeah. uh, you know, that, like it, be the same with him as I am with you. That's kind of what you're saying. Like no,
1: don't be a different right. person. Be that Yeah, be, be true to yourself. And, and I think of it, when I'm dealing with difficult people, I, I think of it like this. I'm a farmer. I'm planting seeds. Yeah. I'm planting seeds, and those seeds, yeah. I know how to plant those seeds. I know how to nurture those seeds, and I know how to recognize when that seedling is coming up, and that there's a moment of change in that individual. And I think we can all learn to do that. And yeah. it is so powerful. And and along with the seed planting, I drop these questions every so often um, to fully grown adults and say, well, what are you going to be when you grow up? You know, well, what are you going to do with yourself when you wake up? And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, like, wake up like your consciousness wakes up. And they're like... I am awake. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: That's a great well, question.
1: I, yeah, what, you what, what I've done. Do with
0: your life when you wake up. That's yeah. A question to ask people because it, it makes them think. What do you mean? I'm awake, but it makes them think. That's oh,
1: right. That's like, right. What do you, what do you mean? Yeah. And and it plants the seed that maybe there's more. And maybe I could know more or be more or do more. And that's everybody, even two-year-olds, reach naturally for more self. Yeah, It's automatic.
0: Okay. So you said that before. I want to repeat this because I think that that's key. Um, When I said, how do you bring that reality into this reality, you said it's automatic. Just say that again.
1: Yeah. So if you are, so let's use the example of if you're sick. You're you're literally building a new body, and the, as soon as that's complete, you're going to step into that. You switch from body literally, and you don't know this until you see people who have um, split personality disorder, yeah. and and what you see is that one of those versions of the self doesn't need, needs glasses doesn't have good eyesight another one has perfect eyesight but has allergies another one has cancer Another one is, um, has some other problem or some other issue, and what you realize is that those are all separate versions of the self, and that individual lost track of how to keep those selves fluidly mobile, or how to keep him or herself fluidly mobile among those selves so that they can step into those boom, 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 and that is that is how we work so mm. it's automatic as soon as we have created a, a better expression of self we step into that immediately that yes. is something that is so powerful i i think that's my. Well, ha, how book. do you explain
0: the degeneration of mind and body in aging because i think it's a belief system we were talking about this before before we i turned the recording yeah. on you know like I've been um, thinking. I'm getting younger. I'm getting younger. I'm getting younger. And um, very good. <laughs> instead of I'm getting older. I'm getting older. But uh, uh-huh. but 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 there is a belief that aging, that we're aging, that we're degenerating, that we're getting. You know, there's this belief that when I get, I don't want to die sick and old because when I'm old, I'm gonna. sick. Right. It's just a con. It's like a. It's just gonna happen. When I get old, I'm gonna be sick, and and that doesn't. <laughs> have to be the case at all you know no so no, why, no, no. why is the majority of the human race stepping into that instead of doing the opposite i
1: think there's a couple reasons big big important reasons the first is that we have lost all of our wisdom in terms of food in terms of diet, in terms of health. And, and we've lost our connection to Mother Earth, so we don't know how that works. And we just don't know how to take care of ourselves. And that has to be reestablished. Right. That There's just no way around that. That was one of the things that I learned from the ropes, and it was backed up by the elves. And then right. when I was studying naturopathic medicine, yeah. I was at the same time, working in the vineyards and realized, oh, these plants need the same thing that the human needs, calcium, magnesium, iron, sulfur, you know, and on and on, and some sort of living enzyme system in the soil. And after a while, I thought, wow, we really have lost our knowledge of how to survive. And and a lot of I mean, there's been like 30 or 40 years of low-fat diet. It shouldn't be eating any fat. Well, the brain is 60%, 65% fat, and you need fat for the brain to operate. So now we have this whole bunch of people with dementia and Alzheimer's and, and ADD and ADHD, and that's why. And then we have this whole... Um, And I talk about some of this in my book on healing. We have this whole bunch of people, oh, we can't have any salt. No salt, no salt. It's going to kill us. And salt is is critical in terms of facilitating transactions in the body. The chloride in the sodium chloride, which is what salt is, the chloride changes the pH of the cell wall and lets nutrition in. And let's waste out. If you don't have enough salt, if you don't have enough iodine, if you don't have enough sulfur, we just don't really know how to nurture a human body anymore. And so everybody's falling apart. And it's falling apart earlier and earlier. And Mm -hmm. that is so unnecessary. So sad.
0: There's a lot of salt in celery, isn't there? There's some.
1: There's some, but the big thing in celery is salt. What I tell people is get a little dish. I don't have my dish right here, but little dish kind of like so, and put a teaspoon or two of salt in it. Lick your finger and put it in the salt. And then, you know, lick your finger, lick the salt off, take a swig of water. Just keep doing that. You should be getting a teaspoon of salt a day, and it needs to be good salt. And I say that knowing that some people have kidney trouble, some people have heart trouble. You know, you have to kind of be aware of where you're at. But if you're healthy and you want to stay healthy, you have to increase your salt. And well, I suppose all it, of de- the minerals.
0: it depends um, because there's so much salt in processed food. I mean, food is just full of, salt, you know, canned but, tomatoes and all that sort of stuff.
1: But it, it's the chloride in the sodium chloride that is so critical. Right. If you're only getting the sodium, right. that you're only getting half the thing. Right. And if it's real salt, meaning Celtic salt or Hawaiian salt or Himalayan salt, that is right. good for you.
0: Right, okay, so get some good salt. Oh, yeah. dear. Okay, what else did I want to talk about? Multi. Ah, oh, the multidimensional cells. Oh, so, yeah. Um. In the, in the volume one, you saw like, 10, well, you say 10,000. I don't think you were sitting there counting, but that looked like 10,000.
1: yeah it just was it went on forever it's like oh my god more me so you know when i read this i thought about this when i was 24
0: i was studying as a naturopath i did naturopathy for five years okay and um i was living in a household with a whole lot of people i used to call it the film hippie household because they were all in the film industry (laughs) i was working in the film industry catering and doing all sorts of things to earn um, some money but I was living with my boyfriend who had a five-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. I was living with a friend. I was living, I was a student. I remember thinking I'm a, a, a stepmother. I'm a lover. I'm a girlfriend. I'm a friend. I'm a student. I'm a house flatmate. That's and then right. I'd go to work and I was a waitress or a caterer or whatever. And I just remember thinking how many me's are there? I just seem to be juggling all these roles. And as That's I right. read about the 10,000 selves, you know, yep. we do have all these selves that we experience both in this yep. lifetime, you know, because right. obviously I'm not the same person today than I was then. You know, there's been many yep. selves in between then and now. And the body, you know, when we look at these different selves, I mean, this body I'm wearing is not the same body I was wearing as a child or a teenager or a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old, 40-year-old That's or 50 right. So there are... <laughs> You know, we experience this multidimensionality in this lifetime, but then it just extends beyond infinitely. Oh.
1: Yeah, it does. And that we go back to that every thought creates. Mm-hmm. So, if, you know, if you're driving somewhere and you envision an accident, you've just created that for yourself. It doesn't affect you physically usually because the thought it creates this wispy, wimpy version of the self that just doesn't have a birth date, doesn't have any people around it developing it, and so it repeats the same behavior again and again. It's like creating a loop yeah. that experiences one thing. And that is so that is something that is so draining. to the individual you have to stop that kind of imagining that you can't be worrying you can't you know it's uh it's really important to develop what i call a pool of peace that you live in a pool of peace and Mm -hmm. and i had a, a friend over one time and we were doing some work. He was testing my brain waves and, and going, oh, my God, you can do stuff I've never seen before. And and I said, oh, and he's so he said to me at one point, something, we were having kind of a half discussion, half argument. <laughs> and it was about meditation. And, and he was doing all this meditation and all this chanting. And I said to him, I don't know why you're bothering with all that. Just make every step. A meditation make every breath a meditation and he said well you're probably gonna try and tell me you don't you can clear your mind for more than five minutes at a time and I said I can clear my mind for days at a time and he was he didn't know what to say and it, it's that is the difference between living in a pool of peace and and being in chaos all the time and <sighs> So when you live in a pool of peace, you don't have any expectations, you don't have any judgment, you don't have any, gotta have this, you don't have any, um, trying to, you know, people often get wrinkles. I'm not sure I can do it. It's kind of like that. Because they're trying to make the world be the way they want. And yeah. that, it, you can't do that. You have to let it be.
0: Oh, it's so interesting. You know, when you learn about law of attraction and and being a deliberate creator, people try so hard to think positively so that they can get what they want, but they don't understand that that striving to create is counterproductive to the creation process.
1: Yeah,
0: Uh, I mean, Deepak Chopra said it. What did he say? He said, going from striving to arriving. When you're in the arriving, when you're when you're living in the energy of the vibration, the, the m- emotional state of I have it now. So whatever it is that I want, whether it's the lover or the money or right. the new earth or the enlightenment yeah. or the psychic ability or whatever, yeah. if you're living in the I have it now you know, experience or the I have it now feeling, you've arrived yeah. and now you're in the creative process rather than the wanting That's
1: true. I tell my students, um, you have to, I don't use those terms, but you have to practice things. You have to stick your neck out and try and and see what happens. And and so I have my students get a notebook and date and time the various directions they give themselves and see how long it takes to be able to achieve that or to see a particular future date. And write down what they see, and then when that day comes, check back and see, what did I write? Oh, my God, it's what I wrote. And they got all upset and discombobulated because they did something that they didn't think they could do. Yeah. It's really important. And it isn't about seeing or thinking uh, something that you want. It's about feeling it. It is feeling. all about feeling.
0: Feeling, 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 feeling. Can't yeah. say that enough. Feeling, feeling, feeling as yeah. if. Yeah. feeling as if. Feeling as if. Feeling as if. Imagine right. feeling as if. Well, the imagination yeah. helps to evoke that feeling. Like if I can imagine what that would feel like, what would that would look like, I can evoke the feeling. Yeah, yeah. feeling as yeah.
1: if. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And once you can achieve that feeling, If that's, you're going to very quickly decide whether that's enough. And that's Mm. very important. You will, you judge, you have to judge, you have to make some decisions for yourself about, is is this what I thought it would be? Is this as fulfilling as I imagined? Yeah,
0: that's interesting, isn't it?
1: And and it's hard for a lot of students who come in and they have this very clear idea about what they want to be, and that's not what their gifts are. The gifts yeah. are over here, and they're like, but I want these. And oh, yeah. I'm like, no, mm-mm. go with what you have developed that. That will lead you to the rest. That's so you have to start where your gifts are obvious yeah. and and just try stuff. Try stuff
0: okay there's so much to talk to you about penny i, I want to talk about the sex with your husband you know in the the okay. alternative the alternative <laughs> self waking yeah. you up to have sex with because i think that this is hilarious this part in the book okay so when you got in contact with your multidimensionality, you started meeting other aspects of yourself in different right. obviously they're in different timelines some were past future but some were in a, this timeline right the yeah Uh, this woman that you met that was you, was she living this earth in this timeline? I was a bit confused about that. Mm -hmm. So she was like a reincarnation of you, but living in this time,
1: like in another place. Who was she? Tell us about her. Okay. So, um, so let's say it this way. Um, yes, I've I was exploring multidimensionality and I happened to have this moment of the 10,000 selves. Most of those selves were so wispy and ghost-like that they were irrelevant. But there were a couple that were highly developed and very physical and very intelligent. And I could see the exact point where I had split off from that path and taken a different path but that person at that point was so well developed that she kept going on her own and continued to develop wow. and and that was so astounding to me so so um so there was i had four children i have four children yeah. so but at this split off point i only had one my oldest daughter so and I wanted to I had decided I wanted to be a writer it was something I could do from home and make money and the first thing I wrote was terrible just terrible oh my god I I saved it I think it's somewhere and every so often when I want to be embarrassed I go back and get it (laughs) Um, but but there was this point there where obviously my husband and I at that time split and I never had any more children and I was focused on career I wanted a career so badly I wanted to go to college so badly and she had gone on to college and she had become a writer and she was writing for magazine markets and I was fascinated by that because I had been trying to get some stuff going with the magazine writing market and all I could write was books (laughs) and she wanted to write books, and so we kind of looked at each other, and we had a little bit of dialogue, and and so long story short, uh, I tell her that I've gone on, and I'm married, and I had, um, you know, I ended up having four children. I didn't get a divorce, and that I was married now to this other person, so um, she comes in the middle of the night, and she says, hey, wake that guy up. You know, I I haven't had a man in a long time. And I'm like, what? No, (laughs) it's the middle of the night, go away. And she would not leave me alone. And I just, you know, after I don't know how long of her bugging and nagging and pushing, I finally thought, well, let me see, you know, Hey Jim. (laughs) And so you know, we ended up making love and she, we get all done. And she goes, thank you. That was wonderful. Bye. And I was like, Oh my God. And, and so I told Jim about it, you know, the next morning, or maybe I mentioned it to him that night and then told him some more the next morning. And, um, a couple of nights later, uh, it was a long, hard day and, and I was, I was exhausted. And he says to me, Um, we're getting ready for bed. He says, you want to make love? And I said, heck no, I'm pooped. So, okay, fine. A few minutes later, he comes in the bathroom where I'm brushing my teeth, and he says, how do I get in touch with that writer self? (laughs) I was like, oh, great. (laughs) So, you know, it it was a very interesting experience that we had. Um, with that with that writer self and being two selves in one and and so I put that in the book just because that was part of the of the exploration yeah. of what was dimensional existence multi-dimensional existence and so, she mm-hmm. so let me just make one last statement so when you think about superposition mm-hmm. which is the con the, The concept of everything exists in every possible state. Right. That includes you. Mm -hmm. That includes me. So, all of the possible states that I could have become of all of the possible states, that happened to be a very strong one. With a lot of energy that went into that, she was self directed. She was moving through her future. She was creating her own world. And that is one of the things that we do. We create all these alternate selves and then they begin to feed energy into us or suck energy out of us. And that is not taken into account when we think about psychological conditions Yeah. Or perception or any of those kinds of things
0: so is she living in another timeline another timeline of earth like a problem like a um,
1: parallel universe parallel earth yes so so when you think about how dynamic the the earth is or the the reality is at any moment in time you could make a decision that says I'm gonna quit this job and go work over there some part of you keeps going with the job you have. And that is not understood. And we are not very good at retrieving that energy yet to make sure all of our energy goes with us. So... Why do we need to retrieve it? Because that's part of your energy. Because that becomes... If you... It's like... um so when you stop spinning off versions of yourself you stop losing energy when you stop losing energy and you begin to collect all those selves back into yourself your your one central being that is that becomes a very powerful being. And you need that power to evolve enough to become an eternal being. Which I don't think I talked about. Well, I did hint at it at the end of volume one, but I really said a lot more about it in volume three. So we didn't get to that, but um, mm. we are programmed to become eternal beings. And we keep coming back here. To, to create or force ourselves to make a core change. A core, in, core change is a change in how we perceive ourselves and our being. And it's also, we gradually move toward becoming totally self-sustaining. And that, it, that is so important. If you're wanting somebody to save you, Because you don't know how to save yourself, oh, well, they're going to have lessons. If -hmm. you want somebody to love you because you don't know how to love yourself, well, there's some more lessons. Mm -hmm. If you want somebody to fix you because you don't know how to fix or heal yourself, well, there's some more lessons. And so we end up starting over and over and over. And eventually, you come to this place where you begin to say, okay, I'm going to commit to becoming a being of light and and that's when you begin to really start focusing on how do you do that you can make the commitment without knowing how and just say okay I I want that I'm, I'm gonna feel that I'm, I'm gonna draw that I want that information and as you begin to develop, you begin to emit more light and more power. And in some of the experiences we did in the lab, which I talk about in volume two
0: mm-hmm. of
1: Consciousness and Energy, it becomes clear that we can accelerate our energy much more. And and the second thing I think I would say just involving that particular book was what we discovered in the lab was that we're made of plasma, and plasma responds to consciousness. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing when we're fussing with all this stupid stuff and all this worrisome stuff and all this angry stuff and all this negative stuff? What are we doing? That's what we're creating, like we were saying in the beginning. Yeah. You you have to be aware of what you're thinking and doing. And um.
0: So, yeah, so when we're fussing and carrying on about what we don't want and how we want this and what, so where are we splitting ourselves, are we splitting ourselves we're we're yeah. losing energy anyway, we're not yeah uh, no.
1: well, I have a very elegant way of saying it. we're pissing away our energy,', pissing <laughs> away our energy. <laughs> you know, excuse my French. <laughs> pissing away you know- our energy. Um, but I'm still a bit confused
0: about uh, these other selves coming back to the one. So, okay, so there there is these other selves that have um, that are living in parallel universes that are very strong, like this one that came and had sex through you with your husband. How do you integrate her back to you and all the other
1: ones? Um, how does it integrate? It understand. it isn't it's something that we she and I did go through a small ritual process right. because she was so well developed. Right. Okay? And it was literally her deciding to integrate into my life as opposed to me integrating into hers because she wanted to be able to write books. And I write books and I had given up on the magazine market stuff because everything I wrote Magazines would say, Well, we can't say that. Our advertisers won't like that. Yeah. And they wanted to take out the heart of what I was saying. Exactly. And so I was mm-hmm. like, Okay, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Even though I really wanted that $2 a word, because I can write like nobody's business mm. when, when I want to. And I wanted that income. And yeah. so th- we did do a little ritual ceremony. Um, there isn't anything flashy or exotic about it. It's just a, uh, you make these, what I call clear, cool decisions. And that's really important. And if you don't feel the change, nothing's happened. So you, you do it again and you do it again. You do it again until you feel the change and what you feel is this You'll hear it, too. You'll hear a clicking or a a thunking noise or sometimes your room will um, Oil can do you know what I mean when there's an oil can sound something in the room that's metallic will oil can because there's been a shift in the energy Frequencies of that space or the people in it or the things going on so it's it, it's very simple, but otherwise, I, let's say, let's see if I can come up with. Okay,
0: one. so for so someone who hasn't had an experience like you, like meeting their other selves, maybe yeah. they have desires within them. Um, where they feel they could be stronger in, in, in an aspect of their life, you know, maybe like me, for instance, I was never a great reader or, or, or writer or speller and, and then putting out okay. a book series because I put out, I'm, start, I'm doing a book series. I've had to, you know, bring in those talents that I always perceived right. I didn't have. So some other aspect of me is the brilliant writer. And this aspect of me has been the dyslexic sort of, very you know. good. So, <laughs> so is it so do we just say okay like just say this is who I am so we bring that aspect into ourselves like what do we do
1: um so let's say that it's it's hard to describe because it isn't something that we really do in a formal manner Mm-hmm. However, let's say in your instance, you want to write something and you don't think you have the right spelling or the right, you know, you're kind of dyslexic or whatever, whatever. You can get into an altered state and become any of those yeah. and have all of those gifts at your disposal. Yeah. So one of the things you want to learn to do is just alter yourself a little bit whenever you need to and become that individual and pretend you 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 say you're going to pretend and then when you do it you go oh, oh it worked yeah oh my gosh it worked and it, it's almost a little bit frightening but the the key point is that it does work because you are much more than you think you are yeah and you and can, you have you be, all those skills
0: you can be anything you can be anything you can dream of. What If you can dream it, you can be it. I was in the shower one day having this discussion with a couple, was it a couple, um, that were very good in business and I had okay. never been very good in business. And it was just making so much sense. They just said just like, just embody it, just embody it, just embody yeah. it. Like, um, I can't remember, it was a couple of years ago now, but it seems so simple. But I got out of the shower and I thought, this is totally possible. I can just embody this and be this brilliant yeah. business person and make lots of money. But I didn't. But I knew I could. But I didn't. Yes. Not, yet. Not yet anyway. Maybe she's waiting. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, okay. So I want to move on because I want to talk about two places at once I wrote down. How oh. does this work? So you were in volume one doing something, your husband said, come to bed, make love with me. And you said, no, I'm busy. I've got to finish this. And then do you want to talk about that experience? Yeah.
1: um Yeah. I think that was That was quite the evening. (laughs) We'll just leave it at that. But, um, but two places at once occur that, that occurs when you loosen your attention on this world, just a little bit, it doesn't, it isn't something that you can do very easily under control. Yes, I have done it and I do it at will. Um, And, and I'm not, and part of the reason I can do that, and I think this is just a result of Kundalini, is that I have learned to split my brainwave frequencies into various frequency zones, and that gives me multiple perceptions. Okay. Uh, at, at one time.
0: Yeah, this is what so, I found fascinating too, because you know when they put an E, when they hook us up to an EEG or whatever, you know, measure our brainwaves. They seem to say that, you know, you're either this or that or this or that, you know, alpha, delta, beta, whatever. But you're saying that simultaneously you can be operating in theta and alpha and beta. And high beta. And high beta. And gamma. And and gamma. So (laughs) you're saying that it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be multiple different frequencies and That's then right. different so how does that work penny how does that work it's fascinating it's like, it's because
1: delicious. because each frequency is its own information stream right each
0: frequency is its own information stream brilliant 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 love it
1: right so you get one little bitty change in frequency let's say you're in alpha and you're at 10.5 and you're having a daydream and something is happening in the room around you and you're close enough to beta that you can kind of flip into that or hold the both of them together yep. then you're aware of the daydream and you're aware that you know the dog is barking and somebody's knocking on the door and and you have to decide am I going to interrupt the daydream or am I going to let the person go away and the, you know and you can even tell the dog you know lay down or get in your bed and not disturb yourself too much so, it, but that, you know, that is something that takes a little bit of practice. And if people understood that the frequency determines the kind of information you can have and how you're going to interpret that information, yes. they would probably be pretty surprised. At what they're actually, what's actually going on up here, which is, you know, that's why I teach. When I teach my classes, I always teach about the equipment first. This is the equipment.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, if so, once you learn to shift, you can do a lot. So, getting back to two places at once, obviously,
0: you'd done that. You'd, you'd split the, those two. What did you call it?
1: Uh, information streams. That's right. You're you have multiple streams coming in. Mm-hmm. And you're tending to all of them. I call it my eight-track brain. But it's, it's just that simple. You're just monitoring eight channels. It's like having eight televisions on all at once. Right. And, and you're yeah. just kind of watching them. You can enter into a reality at a, at a particular frequency that is so similar to this one. That you can barely tell the difference, and a lot of people cannot tell the difference, and and you have to. Even I, a couple times, have have been in an altered state, and and I did something, or saw something, that wasn't that I knew right away. It was like that is that is not possible in my ordinary reality, my ordinary physical reality. Let me test, and I did the test and it passed as my ordinary physical reality, and it wasn't. And that can be a, a, a little bit disturbing. You think you're awake, and, yeah. and so you, then you discover you're not, and then you wake up from that, and you think you're awake and you're not, and then you wake up from that and go, oh my gosh. Um, I, you could get lost in some other reality zone.
0: Okay. I'm just thinking of that movie. They explore that in that movie, uh, where they go through all these different dimensions and they keep waking up into different dimensions. Oh, it was a really confusing movie. I thought, um,
1: um, something, it was something about perception. Yeah. The, What's that? The, called? Um, I forget what the, the movie was something perception or perception something, I think, uh, but it was
0: interim, not interim inter something. Anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah it's a really confusing movie, but I, I, I have had that experience of waking up in a dream and thinking that I have been asleep and I've woken up and I'm still dreaming. And then I've woken yeah. up into this reality and I've gone, oh, hang on. Oh, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> I thought I was but awake, I, but I'm
1: actually yeah. wasn't. I was still dreaming. So that's what and, you're talking about, right? That's right. And so what does that tell you? That tell you, tells you that this is a dream too. This is a dream,
0: too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When we go to bed at night and we put ourselves to bed at night, we go off into some other reality that we have a life unfolding, and we don't have to attend to this one because the body has to go through certain processes of deep, slow-wave sleep in order to renew itself and restore itself. Mm -hmm. And and so consciousness, which is always on, Mm -hmm. always awake, it mm. just goes off elsewhere and tends to its other lives unfolding in other reality zones. Okay, there was something that you said
0: in the book that really had the penny drop about... Okay. Um, no pun on words, penny drop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Nickel went in the slot. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: that. Uh, so you said that Okay, depending on where you go at night, to what reality, it depends on how you remember it in this reality. If you go to a reality that's vibrationally quite different to this reality, you don't really have access to, like the mem- You don't really have access to it, and because it's I, a little harder, I keep thinking, why do I not remember what I'm doing at night? It's been years now. I keep asking to remember, and I don't. And so when I was uh, reading that I'm thinking I'm obviously going somewhere that is so different to this reality that I just don't have access to it when I wake up when I re-emerge into this reality
1: that's what well, I that's um, part of it but if you do not have enough B vitamins B2 B3 and B6 right. in your system right then it's very difficult to remember your dreams okay so take some so, vitamin B maybe that'll help yeah Boost it, boost it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. That very often allows you. It's a discipline to begin remembering. And and I say to people, it took me months to remember my first dream. I started telling myself, okay, remember my dream. And then you know, the first dream was something about the color brown. That was it. And okay. yet, from that little sentence, that one thing brought brown it expanded within the next five months to be this astounding. I was stunned at what was going on at night and the kinds of things that were happening. I, I mean, I did track all those dreams. I do have them written and they're typed up and every so often I look back at them and go, wow. Um, And I now have 40 years worth of dreams and stream of consciousness Written and typed, and those are my notes. And I use, I study those to see, you know, every month I go back and read the previous month and say, okay, did I do anything? Did I learn anything? Did, you know, what happened? Um, have I progressed? Have I made any progress with my? Uh, every year I have a, an annual class or a subject that I study. And that was how I started studying planes and dimensions yeah and 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 I just kept renewing that for six years until i until I knew and understood dimensional reality through and through, wow. and how that interacted with consciousness. but you know there have been other things I have studied and and i don't i I usually will stick with something for at least a year. And, and that has been my own little personal ongoing education system for 40 years now.
0: Yeah. Just when we think we know stuff, we realize we know nothing, you know, like,
1: uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> there's wow. so much to remember.
0: Okay. I'm just yeah. going to go back to the two places at once. Cause we didn't get there to that little story. Okay. Um, you oh, were, yeah, you were what washing tomatoes or doing something in the
1: kitchen and your husband yeah. said, come to bed and make love with me. And you said, no, I'm busy. Yeah, I, w- I think I was canning. Canning. It was canning season. And and so I, and he said, um, no, or he wanted to make love. And I'm like, no, I need to finish this because I had stuff in the canner. Yeah. And it was late and I was tired and he was tired. And I thought, yeah. So, um, so I go to bed, you know, later. And I'm getting ready for bed, <laughs> and and I see myself come walking out of the bedroom after making love, and I was just astounded. I thought, what what just went on here? And then there was another instance in which I was doing something. I was very busy, and I think I was up. I was reading. I had something I had to read, and I was sitting in bed. I went to bed early, and I, I was sitting up, and I was reading and reading and reading, but I really wanted to be down. I wanted to play the piano. I, I play the piano, and I was just, for days, I had been wanting to just go sit at the piano and play, and and all of a sudden, I had this astounding reality that I tapped into in which I remembered playing the piano and and I remembered the moves and the music I had played and all of that and I thought okay I I did not go physically play the piano but some part of me did and there have been other instances like that in which I remembered being in two places at once one another one was on a boat literally the kitchen floor was going like this and i was you know trying to hang on to something because the whole floor was tipping and and then there was another time i think it was at the beginning of volume two Mm -hmm. or three in which i remembered uh disentangling all these hangers in the closet and i could not figure out what that was about and it and what what we do is create realities that express what we are dealing with and and so the the playing of the piano that was just i wanted to play the piano so part of me broke away and went to play the piano I wanted to stop and make love, but I couldn't leave the stuff in the canner. And so part of me broke away and went to make love. Part of me wanted to um, or was dealing with all this unsettled stuff that was happening here at the farm. And that triggered this double memory of being a sailor on a ship. I've had other things where I remembered specific details of a death. Detail by detail, second by second, what it's like for the body to shut down in a drowning experience. Things you know that were not so pleasant, but then things like the piano was very pleasant. And what you come to understand is that we, when we want something strongly enough, and we won't let ourselves have it physically, some part of us is going to go have that. We're going to go do that, and that is the nature of consciousness.
0: I think I remember reading in the Seth material, because I read the Seth material in my 20s, so it was a long time ago, 30 uh-huh. years ago, uh, uh-huh. that the more powerful the thought or desire, the more powerful the manifestation. And I remember thinking, be uh-huh. it positive or negative, like, um, you know, Esther Hicks says that the power of a positive thought is so much stronger than the power of a negative thought because it holds more energy because positive energy is source energy. But then the Seth material says, you know, the stronger the thought, the more it moves. So even anger, like when you're, like maybe you hate someone and you beat them up in your head, maybe some part of you goes and does
1: that. That is true. That is true. I think um, power does not care what it is used for. Right. And it, it power, positive thoughts do not have any more power than negative thoughts. And negative doesn't have any more power than positive thoughts, but. Positive thoughts tend to build up, and negative thoughts tend to tear down. And yeah. if you, and the yeah. whole secret is the amount of emotion behind the thought. The amount you, of
0: emotion behind the thought. Yeah. Yeah.
1: If you don't have the emotion, then the thought is just going to be wimpy. It's just going to go out there and create some ghost-like image, like I was seeing with the ten thousand selves. Right. The ones that had the power behind them were these passionate things that I wanted, which was to become this writer, this magazine writer in this one particular case. Yeah. And 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 I and I learned also from dealing with my friends the Elves that you do not want to be a doormat because you don't have any power then. And and a doormat is somebody who has come to believe that they need to be at peace all the time. They shouldn't be angry. They shouldn't get upset. They shouldn't be irritated. So they hide all of that. And that doesn't help. Nothing right. happens. Yeah. Okay.
0: So what yeah. you're saying is, because I want to reiterate this, cause you shouldn't be a doormat in that pretend to be happy when you're not. So that, like Esther would say, right. Esther Hicks, don't slap a happy face on an empty gas tank. You know, like, so I'm feeling angry, but I'm going to
1: pretend that I'm at peace. You've got to own that energy. That's right. That's right. Mm. And and what happens, we're this big energy system. You have this, um, I think it's not understood by a lot of people that you can't have a feeling unless you have a chemical that supports that feeling. Feeling is chemically based. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's back up another step. You can't have a chemistry without the frequency matrix that those molecules exist within. Exactly. So chemistry follows frequency, right. and, and feeling is a chemical state. It's a frequency state as well as a chemical state. The
0: feeling is the indication of the frequency.
1: That's right. It's yeah. the physical expression. And so you, so you have this anger or something. Maybe your father beat you or your mother ignored you or whatever. And that feeling of anger or poor me or um, abandonment or whatever, we try not to feel that. That's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. We mm-hmm. should feel that all the way through. Yeah. And that uses it up, and it changes, because because here's, let me back up a, just a little step. When you have an energy matrix, a, a, a 3D uh, area that is the support for a feeling, a, a frequency state that's, that creates a chemistry that supports a feeling, when that is not allowed to move through and unfold and disintegrate, then it begins to develop a consciousness of its own. And that becomes another being within our own being. Wow. And that then buggers up all kinds of things because we won't feel it and allow it to dissipate, integrate it in. Own it and say, "Okay, this this is your part of me." That being changes the instant it is acknowledged.
0: Wow!
1: We cannot hide from what we are feeling. We can't stop it. We can't cover it.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. What you look at disappears. What you acknowledge disappears. That's right. Yep. Wow, that's powerful, isn't it? it is and I think I think looking at it without judgment too so so maybe pretending not to be angry when you're angry and then saying you know what I'm actually really angry I'm really seething right now but (laughs) not but not like I shouldn't be I shouldn't be I shouldn't be I should be love and light but like that's that's just how it is like look at it without judgment it's like that it is what it is it is what it is that's right
1: we're human we have this whole range of feelings
0: yeah we need
1: to feel what we are humanly capable of feeling yeah there has to be some discipline you you what you discover is that if you keep trying to go back and nurture that anger it'll keep staying but if you feel it all the way through it tends to disintegrate Oh, and you can't this, feel
0: it anymore. This is so interesting. For years, I came from a really angry family. My grandfather was really angry, angry as in explosively angry. Oh, my yeah. father was really angry, you know, violently angry. And I remember, you know, as a young consciousness student trying to be love and light and trying not to be angry or overcome <laughs> my anger or fix yep. my anger or whatever. And right. I remember once um, standing up at at a, at a, at a, at a workshop. And talking about my anger and to, and being authentic about how I've been trying to deal with my, and after owning right. that I was angry publicly. Yes. Like instead of trying to be the sweet little love and light and, you know, um, <laughs> um, it actually all dissipated. Right. It, it does. I, I remember I didn't really have anger issues after that. I, I, it, mm-hmm. As in like getting angry, not being able to take the, you know, lid off of the,
1: like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> was
0: yes. <laughs> silly anger, <Yes>. right? uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So it's that's so it actually happened to me. Yeah, I just yeah, mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: yeah. That I've watched that dissolve in so Ooh. many people, and then I've watched them because that was their identity. Try to retrigger that, and I would say, "What are you doing? What are you doing? You have to find a new way of being." If you have been relying on anger to make half your personality,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, you're you're stuck with half of yourself now not having a way of expressing itself, yeah, and and there's a rawness in there, you feel very raw for a while, yeah, and and at the same time, once it dissipates and you can't feel it anymore, there's this where did that go? Why did that, why can't, why don't I feel that anymore? Why does that not bother me? Yeah. yeah.
0: What you look at disappears. Oh, there's so much mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about. Physical body started to form around you as you were astral traveling in a friend's oh, house. Yeah. Started this way. You know, we've been going for nearly two hours. It's gone like that. It's just been so. Oh. <laughs> what our, okay. and, and creating the self with intention, creating a healthy spine. Mm-hmm. We, sp- we spoke about that. The robe said your idea of right. death is a mistake in thinking. Yeah. You are here. What did I write down? The robes. I love that. You are here. Oh, um, yeah. Let's, talk about, let's talk about the robes. Your mistaken death is a, is a, your
1: idea of death is a mistaken thinking. That, yeah. That, I thought that was really key. Yeah. They said that we had, they said, you have a saying that death and taxes are the only thing that you cannot escape from. And what we're telling you is that death is a mistake in thinking and you've imposed the taxes on yourself. <laughs> what is your problem? I love <laughs> so, it. I love it. I'm never going to say that ever again, Penny. Yeah. Death and yeah. taxes. Throw that one out the window. <laughs> right. And they said the only thing that is inescapable is the evolution of consciousness. Oh, the only thing
0: that is inescapable is the evolution of consciousness period
1: yeah brilliant. at the time I thought well okay so let's do it but I had no clue how to do it back then and but I never I never forgot that statement death is a mistake in thinking
0: death is a mistake that, in thinking
1: yeah that struck me right to the right to the heart of my own self and and I have very uh very- i've explored i've done some work around this whole idea of death and and it's become clear some things we have a lot of fairy tales and a lot of new age um, gobbledygook and a lot of magical thinking that is just not grounded in any kind of reality and and i think because of that we do not understand so i say to people okay let's say that you evolve your consciousness and you become this magnificent being of light are you going to want to stay here and go to work every day are you going to want to continue to be a walmart greeter are you going to want to continue to dig ditches and fight with your husband and feel bad about the way you raise your kids and pay, you know, whatever you have to be paying. No, you'd move past all that. So we want to live forever here without changing. That isn't the way it works. You develop yourself so that when you get and you stay conscious and present and functional right to the last breath, and then you step right out of this life and right into the next one. Another
0: one, one. yeah.
1: Yeah, fully conscious.
0: Fully conscious. I was having this, talk with Jürgen I think Jürgen was the last person I spoke to on the show you know Jürgen Ziva yeah and and we were talking about people that didn't know they were dead and I was saying you know I saw that movie the others and the sixth sense and and I was thinking how could you not know you're dead but when I realized that there's just this continuum of consciousness stream that it would be easy like in your dream like not not exactly not knowing that you're actually in a different reality and you're not in that same reality because it's so similar like you wake up and you think you're awake and then you wake up again and you're like oh (laughs) I thought I already So, yeah so there's just a conscious stream of you know a never-ending eternal stream of life and different experiences but I have to say I don't think I'd want to stay in any one experience forever because I think there's just too many Experiences to um, explore and, and create in, and and and, um, yeah. and have experiences in. So, right. um, so this death experience that we talk about here is, um, you know, the ending of this uh, creative experience in this reality, and, and on to another one. Yeah, that's mm. exactly
1: what it is. Mm. And you hope, you hope that you will move into a reality. The next one with all of your consciousness and all of your foibles and all of your interests and your passions because you've contributed to this life now you're going to contribute to that one right. And you don't want to have to come back and start over because you just didn't take responsibility for knowing how to take care of a body, you didn't take responsibility for the evolutionary process in consciousness, you didn't do what you came here to do, you didn't, okay, so so,
0: so the main message of all of this, and all your research, exploration, creation, all of that, I feel like it's like take responsibility. Take responsibility for the vehicle oh. you're wearing. Take responsibility for the, yep. the thoughts and the feelings you're evoking, the chemistry. Like take responsibility. You're not a victim to any of it. You're the creator of all of it.
1: That's right. And I would say like uh, the way that I think of it since my experiences with robes is take up your power and use it, period, period
0: take back your power taking responsibility takes back your power
1: that's exactly right yeah
0: take back your power oh yeah with yep. penny it's been so fascinating it's 11 o'clock yeah. here in sydney now it must be like seven oh, eight uh, nine o'clock for you oh uh, um, it's nine yeah. we didn't even go into you working with the physicist and um anyway yeah okay that's another, another time. time another day <laughs> another time another day look your work yeah. is extensive and amazing and Oh, i just love to see it. I'd love to see it in schools around the world. I'd love to see it. You know, one of my dreams, years ago, I looked at an old big Victorian sort of terrace house and I just thought, I just had this like, I'd love to see consciousness schools everywhere where you go go to to remember who we are, to take back your power. Mm. Oh,
1: yeah. I tell people, don't wait until you're dead to study the life you just had. Yeah, start that study now, yeah, yeah. And, and, and start looking at what people complain all the time, oh, my, the so-and-so did this to me, and I got raped, and blah, 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 and, and I'm like, okay, fine what are the gifts in all of that yeah what changed at the core what in your core self has changed and and I was working with somebody who was raped. I've worked with a lot of people in fact who've been raped but the I have to say this one of the things that comes from being raped is this awareness this attention to what is going on around you and that is very often what i mean not in every case but very often that is the gift in the rape and you become vigilant you become present you become what you start watching now if you can marry that yeah if you can marry that with some sort of of permission to be discerning and permission to you know to be acting a little bit weird if you think something weird is going on that's where it's at yeah. And I don't know too many women. I do not know hardly any women who haven't been raped or molested at some point in their life. And there's, there's certain things that go with that. And men, too. Um, amazing. The, one of the hardest things. Look at Oprah Winfrey, right? Look what she did with her life. Like she was yeah. molested as a child. But,
0: you know, it's interesting yep. you become really present to your sexual energy, too, which is something we didn't go into. That's right. Such a powerful energy. Yes. And, you know, I've got clients and friends that have been raped and some have gone on and been over-promiscuous and some have completely shut it down because they were right. fearful of it or they saw, I don't know, or it kind of got screwed up in their head and they were like over-promiscuous. Right. That sexual energy is such an attractive energy, such a powerful, it it's all a part of the kundalini energy you spoke. So I found when I was young and hot, right, I was very scared of my <laughs> sexual energy because yeah. it attracted to many yeah. people and I didn't like the attention. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's right. really interesting. Being raped really gets you really present to your sexual energy.
1: Yeah, It does. It does. Mm-hmm. And it, it wakes up your power. It wakes up, um, you know, there's a whole thing about ego that we could talk about at some point. That ego is really important. And, and that, you know, that kind of experience brings you into this presence. And the gift is the presence. Skip the way you got there. Stick with what the presence offers you. That's what consciousness eventually creates is someone who's present. And once you get present, you start saying, well, what can I do about that? What can I do about that? And you begin to use your power. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Oh, darling one, it's been such a pleasure and a joy to (laughs) talk with you today. Honestly, it's just been beautiful. It's just gone so quickly, two hours.
1: I know. (laughs) Wow. Wow.
0: so if people have lasted this long, two hours, and they're listening on audio, where can people find your work? And obviously, if you want the books, I'm going to put the affiliate links on my link. So if okay. you want to support the show, you can buy the books through my affiliate link. I always forget to say that. But um, <laughs> but your website, I'll have the website on the YouTube, but for people that are
1: listening on okay. audio, what's your website? It's www.consciousnessonfire.com. I love that, consciousness
0: <laughs> Fire.com. Yeah,
1: I and was, are you going I... to be doing any like
0: um, consciousness teaching online, or is it all mm-hmm. in person? You're going to do no, it-
1: I have to go to online. In fact, mm-hmm. I have my intuition one class ready to upload. Um, I just have two more recordings that have to be made, and so I'm planning to upload by Labor Day. And then Intuition 2 will go up and then 3 and then 4. Um, so those are coming between now and the end of the year. And my books are, uh, they're everywhere uh, pretty much. Amazon has them. Uh, Barnes & Noble has them. I think In- I, have to
0: get, I have to get the robes. I've got to read the robes now. Okay, yeah. Uh, um- <laughs> Because that sounds fascinating, even though you wrote it ages ago, but it sounds like a fascinating uh, book.
1: I was writing ages ago, but I was really writing about this time that's happening right now. I think you said in another interview it
0: was between 2015 and 2021 that was a really uh, concentrated time frame, which we're in the thick of right now.
1: Yeah. That's right. Yeah, immense tension, immense change, immense exposures of things that were rotten to the core. Um yeah. and and the the slow disintegration of a number of institutions. Um yeah, that I see that happening right now. And the upsurge and uprising of consciousness institutions. That's right.
0: <laughs> I keep holding That's this right. vision. I like centers all over the planet, all connected to each other, yeah. where people are learning about their consciousness. It's, yeah. it's a big dream of mine. I don't know if I'll realize it in this lifetime, but it's going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. Someone will Very do it. it doesn't have to be me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I tell people, wow, we don't have nearly enough teachers, coaches, guides to get us through to 2050. That is, we're going to have to... They have some help so yeah, yeah yeah and people will often say i don't know very much and i'm like yes you do you know yeah. much more than you think you do yeah you know and if you're willing to learn and expand then you get even better
0: yeah well that's one of my mandates is to get the teachers out there to get people sharing their story get them tapped into their guidance get them talking get them right. out there, you know and uh
1: Yeah, you've done some amazing things along those lines. Like, holy cow, look at all these interviews. Wow. (laughs) I know, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. um,
0: But thank you again. It's been such a bliss, such a pleasure, and we'll talk again another
1: time. Okay. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. appreciate it.
0: Wasn't Penny Kelly amazing? Isn't Penny Kelly amazing? Honestly, we hardly even touched on... Oh, just ten percent of what she's written about in her books and what was said in by the you know, the elves and the robes and the consciousness and energy. But there's so much to explore and to remember. I like to call them remember because um, you know, when we're in spirit or when we're connected to our higher self, our higher self knows all this, but it's having that memory when we are in this in this dimension, in these bodies, in this reality and and then once we remember our powers of creation, what can we create? What can we do with it? We can create universes, societies. We can create worlds. where are infinite genius creators and uh, we have to remember how to do that. But I, I love the statement that she said, um, you know, the power of a thought is the power of a thought, be it an angry thought or a positive thought, but an angry thought destroys and a positive thought creates. So. Interesting, isn't it? What do you want to do with your thoughts and the vibration, the frequency of your thought? Do you want to destroy what you have, or do you want to create, create, create new, different, more experiences, things, thoughts of things? Yeah. So there's uh, a multiple universe and dimensions and power to explore, remember, and to uh, utilize in this in this lifetime so remember to go out and buy the book (laughs) awakened by death amazing what some of the stories in the book and uh yeah if you want to understand your powers of creation more how to overcome your stressful thoughts how to be more positive accentuate the positive be the genius creator of your reality instead of the genius destroyer of it (laughs) come and have a session with me or join the inner sanctum as we discover our abilities of awakening and coming into our powers of perception and awareness and uh, go on ultimately to remember our powers of creation and then to remind others of theirs that's what a new world teacher is they're the people that i attract to my work and if you're If you've waited two hours to listen to this little spiel, that's you. You are one of them. You are a teacher of deliberate creation. So thanks again for listening and watching the show and I look forward to seeing you again another time. Bye for now.